Book Show, episode 216, where we talk book news, author news, literary news. I'm Eric Michaels. I'm Nick Gunning. We're coming to you live from the David A. Howe Public Library. Save it. Save all that banter. I'm sorry. I have to edit this as soon as we're done. I just want the nice people to know. Don't. I'm going to have to cut all this out now. All right. <laughs> Eric's in a mood because uh, he, he's on a deadline. He's on a tight He's on a tight deadline here. Schedule. So we really, no, no lag time. Yeah. We can't. Can't. Waste any time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's getting close to Halloween, and as you know, Halloween here at the All the Book Show is kind of like our Christmas. Uh, yeah. And our Christmas is also like our Christmas. So yeah. it's a lot. We of get two Christmases. We do. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like ha- when you have two parents. Yeah. Exactly. Well, most people have two. <laughs> you know what I mean. Divorced parents. Yeah. Yeah. Two Christmases. Two Christmases. Two Christmases. And the grandparents. Adding grandparents, you get four or five. Eight Christmases in some cases. Eight Christmases. A lot of divorce Are in my <laughs> family, but we don't have to get into that now. So uh, anyway, two parents. Per parent. Yeah. And then divorced grandparents. Right. You just got to make the rounds. Right. I had a whole circuit when I was a kid. Okay. But that's that's my personal tragedy. We don't need to get into that now. Your personal tragedy? Well, uh, we are going to be talking about the Stoker Awards. So these came out earlier in the year. Yeah. I'm stoked. Are you? To talk about that's these. That's great. <laughs> uh, these these are the, the horror writing awards. So we're going to get into these a little later. Uh, they came out earlier in the year. and We mentioned them when they came out, but we wanted to save a really sitting down and talking about them until we were all in the Halloween. See, if I can't have a pumpkin spice latte while talking about the Stoker Awards. Oh, right. Just, Do you have a pumpkin I, spice with you? Well, no, but I mean, I could. Right. I have the option. You can always too. listen back to this with the pumpkin spice. I plan to. Yeah. I don't, Cand- nice spooky candle it. I, I don't really go for the pumpkin spice. Oh, okay. I that makes know. sense. It was yeah. just, yeah. It was more just just right. flavor. Yeah, I get Not it. flavor in the coffee, but flavor in the episode. Right. Stoker Awards coming up a little later. Uh, but let's let's get to it. Let's get to it. Where are the old bookmarks? Bookmark. What have I been reading? What haven't I been reading? That's that's the question. Basically anything that doesn't have an X-Men on the cover. That's true. I haven't I have not been reading it. Yep. Uh all right, I'll do this real quick. Okay. I, I, I cut out last week, I think I talked like six or seven X-Men books in individual detail yeah. for each one, and I cut I cut most of it out because I'm like, oh. listen, all you need to know is I'm, I've been reading a lot of X-Men a books. A real deep dive, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is fun. Goodreads is just taking a little bit. So why don't I tell you what I am reading? Okay. I'm reading Stephen King's uh, Institute. Oh, yes. The Institute. Hey, no offense to the big guy because I know he could buy me and sell me like five times over. Would he? Maybe if, it, seems if nice. there was a bit of a horror element to it. He seems nice. Okay. Well, I'm not going to... I don't want him to be my enemy. Okay. But I don't know why... He writes kids so much. He's been writing kids since he was writing his, his like first book. Carrie was like teenagers, and then yeah. The Shining was a kid. That's true. Why can't he write kids, though? Mm. Why Why do they not feel like actual children? And I know like the main, the main kid so far in the Institute is like a genius, but right. there are other kids there. None of them... I, I don't I don't get it. I get what you're saying. He has a specific style when writing kids. I'm I'm also reading the Institute, mm-hmm. uh, not to jump into my section, but because uh, this is our how many uh, five or six years we've been reading Stephen King books at Halloween, bit, yeah, together. So we're both reading the Institute. Um, you're a little farther in it than I am, um, mm-hmm. and I do know what you mean about the kids, but I am enjoying the book so far. Are you liking it? Uh, it's all right so far. Okay. It's I was more interested in the first like 50 pages with yeah. the Night Knocker. Uh-huh. When we switched to the kids, I was a little more... The night Knocker buying newspapers with a nickel. That, that, that just, oh, it just, just sounds like an old, yeah, yeah, old timey. Stopping by his barbershop. Sarsaparilla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're reading the Institute. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's Yeah, it's fine. I'm only like 90 pages in. Mm-hmm. I say only 90 pages because it's like a 600-something page book. Right. I definitely like reading this. I'm like, I don't understand how this is so big. Hmm. 
Uh, but he's Stephen King. He yeah. can do what he wants, when he wants. Yep. And what he wanted to do was write the freaking Institute. That's right. Uh, okay, so to keep you up to date with my current X-Men reading, uh-huh. I'm about four years behind in terms of reading, but that will that will pick up the pace I see. a little bit. I'm reading, I've read Uncanny Avengers Volume 1. Okay. I read Extraordinary X-Men Volume 1. I read All New Wolverine Volume 1, and I read All New X-Men Volume 1, and also Uncanny X-Men Volume 1. Oh, this wow. is all the stuff that happens after the Secret War, so okay. it's kind of a reboot time for the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little sad, because I often used this these like books as my, I have to catch up to this book, right? because uh, I think it's when I started reading them on Marvel app, and now I'm there. You're I'm there. Like, oh no, I'm almost going to be caught up. Yeah. But I used four, to read them four years behind. bi-monthly. Yeah. So. Uh, I can never, I just never, like, I enjoy the X-Men, but I uh-huh. never really know, I feel like every time I pick up an X-Men Volume 1, mm-hmm. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, the X-Men can be very There's not a good, uh, like, hop on to get into. Yeah, some That's people, why I kind of liked the, um, that first class series they were doing for a while right. that was just out kind of, of a standalone kind of out of continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Anyway. It, it can be dense. I mean, when I first started reading, it, it's like I started reading as it was coming out. I got in good, like, yeah. during the... Uh, Grant Morrison starting years. Yeah. And then, like, I picked, like, Uncanny X Men 350, where it was like Gambit's Dark Secret Revealed is an issue I was trying to get. So I kind of started building my collection around that. Like, it started coming, I started buying the comics on both sides okay. com- that came after and before. Yeah. So, like, my. I just expanded out from there. Well, that so kind of happened with me and Green Lantern. Yeah. When I was doing that Green Lantern. I'm still doing it, yeah. but when I was in the heart of it, it was like reading the main Green Lantern mm-hmm. book and then like, well, what's going on with the yeah. Lantern Corps and the Yellow Lanterns? And yeah. So yeah, I know what you mean. It happens. Uh, I also read some of Peter David's X Factor from the oh, okay. early 90s, yeah. which you have read. Yeah. You thought you had said that last time. Now you're back to where Nick is. is. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, this is part of my retroactive reading mm-hmm. so there you go a lot cool. of x-men comics did i already talk about iceman it's weird it's trippy no stuff. but i i also read iceman so I, we can we can talk about that for a minute if you uh want. by jm d jm de mateus jm de mateus uh who also wrote joker going sane yep. which we talked about and a bunch of other stuff like yep. uh justice league um and also i think he's working on an adam strange yeah, short, short yeah, for animated yeah, short. Yeah, a lot of Justice League. He's wor- he worked a lot with the uh, yeah. the animated films. We're going to be interviewing the author uh, in the coming weeks here. This this Iceman book is a weird book because I'm not sure who the audience is for. It's, it's not for the X Men fan. It's very strange. You. Yeah, though I suppose anytime you see Bobby's parents, but they're so different than I've seen them before. Yeah, and also I can't imagine being someone like you. Yeah, in like the '80s, who was coming off of Spider Man and Friends. Yeah, and then was like, oh, Iceman! I've seen him on the cartoon. Can you yeah. imagine like? 12-year-old I, Nick being I, a huge fan and then picking this up and yeah, being I like... Yeah, I can because it's a pretty similar to 36-year-old <laughs> Nick's reaction because uh, uh-huh. I literally was just watching Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends with my son over the weekend. Right. And then I read Iceman and I was just like, what? <laughs> because and we're going to get into this with the author. Are you watching... Uh the Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends on DVD? That your mom gave me. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. uh, but we're going to get into this with the author because this is a trippy yeah. book. Mm-hmm. And most of the things I've read by this author a kind trippy. of start normal yeah. and then go trippy. Yeah. So I really want to know like what his... I mean, it's it's a cliche to say expect the unexpected, but that's yeah. exactly what At you need to point, do. At one point, Iceman stops existing. Yeah. And then when he comes back, he's like, oh, what happened? Yeah. And Oblivion, the act- the entity Oblivion is like, oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he spends a lot of time in his tidy whities too. Yeah, he in does. That book. Yeah. A lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a strange one. My daughter, my wife, that's my mate. That's a strange mate. one. Yeah. Yeah. The collection, I- the collection includes... 
the hardcover collection includes a special story that's not you probably oh. didn't read if you were just reading single issues right. which actually is a pretty solid Iceman story okay. I like that all right. That. Well, that's it. Okay. Just reading the Institute and a bunch of X-Men comics. Tell me a little about uh, the movie you saw because we didn't really get into that off mic. Oh, I and saw I'm the very... movie Ad Astra. Yeah, I'm curious about I've it. I've been calling it Brad Dadstra because <laughs> <laughs> it's Brad Pitt. He's looking for his dad. Yeah, he's got Ad a lot of Astra. kids. Oh. Apparently, it means uh, to the stars. Oh, okay. Brad. Brad Dastra. Brad to the stars. Brad Dastra. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's good. It. My wife was not a fan of it. She found it a bit depressing and sad because it's about... Uh, estranged old men who aren't in tune with their feelings going into space oh. and space stresses her out okay space is very stressful but it to me it felt kind of like Apollo, uh, apocalypse now meets 2001 a space odyssey interesting meet space cowboys no oh, well no. i guess tommy lee jones is in it <laughs> oh okay so, well, there you go <laughs> very 90s cast you got brad pitt tommy lee jones and Liv tyler Ooh, brad pitt does not like that Liv tyler who was also in armageddon yeah, so space. a lot of people who have some space background yeah so yeah experience required is this I brad guess, pitt's first time to space Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's. It feels like it, but, but sure. Yeah. It I always. Mean, he looks like an astronaut, right? Brad Pitt. Yeah, like a classic. He just looks like a classic handsome man, like from the sixties. Sure. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like it's, it's one of those movies where the imagery can become starts getting a little abstract at times. It's. Uh, he's kind of telling you. Uh, you're getting his inner monologue throughout it. So. Uh, it gets a little, if sometimes feels a bit trippy, a bit distant, but it's it's good. I I dug it. Okay, more movies like that. Nice. So I like that right. Astro. Cool. But also, yeah, I'm glad I saw it on a big screen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Though me and my wife were the only ones there. Really? Yeah. Huh. That doesn't sound like a good. Well, it was a Monday night. Yeah, but it was a holiday weekend. 7:45 p.m. on a Monday okay. night. All right. Uh, well, I also saw a movie. Moving into my bookmark. Okay. I took my son to see The Adams Family. Oh. And uh, he he liked it. Nice. I wasn't sure. Wasn't I thought, too spookied? No, I thought maybe, you know, because they just do weird, disturbing things sometimes. Right. <laughs> uh, and so I thought, oh, maybe this will be upsetting for him. Um, but no, it, it really wasn't, and he liked it. I'm not really a fan of that style of animation where they're like stick thin and like big, crazy, exaggerated features. Right. So I found it a little unpleasant to look at, mm. um, but the voice cast was great. Okay. Uh, it was really, it was Charlize Theron was uh, Morticia, mm. and uh, Oscar Isaacs was uh, Gomez, Nick Kroll was Uncle Fester. I mean, hmm. Bette Midler was there. Marty Short was there. It was it was a good cast. Nice. It was a good cast. So yeah, we enjoyed that. Uh, pretty fun. It it. Uh, I mean, it had the vibe. It had the same vibe of. And they did some nice throwbacks to the classic TV show. Are you a fan of the TV show? No. Really? Yeah, I never watched. You know, it. watch it as a kid. No, I watched. Uh, I was Monsters? I was the Monsters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I liked them both. I I was just watching what was on at Nick and Night. Yeah. And they I didn't understand. have Adam's Family. Really? Just Monsters. Huh. Okay. I just John Aston is just so funny in that show. Oh. Like he just always has that like big creepy smile. And, <laughs> you know, remember when he played the Riddler once on on Batman, Adam no, West? I didn't oh, watch he it. did in the second season. Man, Riddler. Speaking of Riddler, what? we went to a Spirit of Halloween. Yeah, you want a Riddler costume that includes pants, a tie, and a jacket? Yeah, sixty five dollars, please. Really? Yeah. Were you gonna go as the Riddler? I I've got the frame. To go, you do. Yeah. You absolutely. do. I've got the elephant. I don't get it from Aladdin. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. The Will Smith's Aladdin, sure. Uh, <laughs> so I watched that. Um, Eric and I also watched, as, as part of our Halloween team experience this year, we watched a Roger Corman movie called oh, yeah. The Terror yeah, uh, with Jack Nicholson yeah. and Boris Karloff. For, yeah. And it was it was quite a ride. I mean, this is like uh, early 60s, um, uh, kind of a thrown together production. They had some existing sets. They had a couple of days. They had some big names. And so they're like, let's do it. 
And so they just like steamrolled through it. So um, Francis Ford Coppola directed scenes in it. Jack Nicholson directed scenes of it. And then Roger Corman is the one who's uh, listed as the director who also directed some scenes. Uh, but it is, it's a crazy, confusing movie about Jack Nicholson plays a French with no attempt to sound French. That's true. Soldier yeah. separated from like Napoleon's forces. I'm part of the French army. I yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And he sort of falls in love with this girl who may be a demon, who may be a bird, who may be the uh, a dead countess. Yeah, it's, we don't it's know. confusing. We don't we know don't if know. it's a ghost or not. And spoiler alert, you get to the end, I don't really know still. This is the only movie Jack Nicholson and Francis Ford Coppola worked on. Really? Together. together. You type in Francis Ford Coppola and Jack Nicholson together, The Terror. The Terror. And it is, it is public domain, so we'll post the link on the Twitter page, because I do think it's worth watching. It's about an hour and 20 minutes, and it's uh, it's very it's captivating. Don't mistake that for me telling you that it's like a great movie, but it is captivating, and we talked about it for a long time afterwards. So anyway, uh, that's what I've been watching. Let me look at the old bookmark. Uh, I did finish some stuff. Uh, I, as I mentioned, finished Iceman there. Uh, I also read Big Hero 6 by Chris Claremont, uh, and I read New Mutants Volume 1 also by Chris Claremont. Big Hero 6 was Chris Claremont? It was, I yeah. I did not know that. It was, a strange, it was a strange thing to go back and forth between because New Mutants is what? What era, what era is that? 80s. 70s? 80s? Okay. Yeah. And have you read much New Mutants? No. This was bland. This was very bland to me. I didn't think mm. the characters stood out at all. They were almost interchangeable. And one mm. of them turned into a wolf. And that's how like, poorly they were written. But I wasn't really a fan of that. Uh, Big Hero 6 was fun. It's very different from the Disney cartoon. Yeah. Um, this is from 2006. So it's not the classic Big Hero 6 with Sunfire. But uh, still a pretty good read. I enjoyed reading oh, that. Oh, that's why. Chris Okay. I also read Starship Trap by Mel Gildan for my sci-fi oh, book club no. that I do with some pals. Um, it was not good. Why did you turn into a snake? Well, your because review? I was going to hedge it a little bit, but I, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. I found it a little plodding, a little slow. Mm. Building blocks that were there were good. Like the actual plot was good, but mm -hmm. I just thought execution-wise, it, it just left mm. you wanting more. So mm. we do have that in our collection. So you're welcome to it, but uh, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. And then I read World War Z. By Max Brooks. We're doing this for our Halloween book club. Scary. And we're going to be talking to Sally Murphy, the queen of Halloween, and the new director of the Hammondsport Library uh, right oh, here yeah. in the STLS system. Yeah. Sally's joined us every year for Halloween for, well, every year. Every year we've been doing yeah. it, basically. 1986. So she's going to join us on the podcast to talk about World War Z in the coming weeks. I'd never read this before, but was a fan of the movie, which is not similar in any way. No. Brad Pitt. And, and you're a longtime fan of the book. That's true. And you've read some of the things around it as well right i read the uh zombie survival guide okay read it first read it first actually, yeah oh wow so okay that's back when i was like living in my apartment and was very concerned about zombies mm -hmm. i didn't have a lot going on yeah zombies are for those who ha don't have a lot going on can we share some of your old zombie blogs on on the twitter can we yeah yeah me and my I'm friend asking. back boy this would be like in between uh like during a summer in between college me uh -huh. and my friend we because i was staying at a friend's yeah. house my other friend came over and we just didn't have anything to do i'm like I don't know. You want to film a zombie blog? You know what it was? I what? had watched uh, Dr. Horrible in the sing-along blog. Oh. I was like, oh, this is a fun concept. Uh -huh. Let's do something with this. So we just took a video camera, went down to the basement, and him and I would just sit on chairs talking about life during yeah. a zombie apocalypse. It's weirdly realistic. Thank you. It just feels... I don't know. Yeah. It's, it was the basement. It it's weirdly realistic. Every now and then, Brendan went a little crazy. Uh it, it was a fun time. Well, we're going to share it. We're going to share it on the Alta Book Twitter. I think oh. Halloween's the time to do that. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> things we share on Twitter, uh, last week you recall that I was talking about the book 
I don't the even movie the Minority Report. No, I know, but that was from they were talking in the book I was reading, The Warning, uh-huh. by James Patterson and Robinson Wells. Yeah, the characters were talking about how Minority Report was an underappreciated Spielberg film. Right, and so I put the po- I put the uh, the poll out. Yeah, seventy five twenty five saying no. We, we all, all like it. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, underrated. Yeah, uh, there's a difference between underseen. Yeah, and underrated. Yeah, I don't think it's either. You don't. I think a lot of people have seen it. I think those who see it like it. I guess for me, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've seen it and I loved it. I think it's a great movie. I think we watched it somewhat recently mm-hmm. and I still liked it. But I think that it's not like people know it, but I think of it as like a, you know, like a blockbuster from when I was a kid. I don't think of it as like a classic. I was like 19. Yeah. But I don't, <laughs> did the math. I'm like, but I I don't think of it as like a classic mm-hmm. in the same way that I would do like a Jaws or an Indiana Jones or something like that. Right. Or so I a, guess that's uh, Munich. Or I, Adventures of Tintin. No, I hated that movie. T- hated Tintin? I did, yeah. Goodness. Ugh, this isn't our Spielberg episode. I didn't like that at all. Have we done a Spielberg episode? No. Would you, do li- it. would you like to? Yeah. Okay. Maybe after Halloween. All right, we'll do that. Anyway, November. so... Do you think we can get him on the podcast? No. So the All, <laughs> so the, all the Book Show uh, Twitter gang has, has spoken, and 75% say no, it's not underappreciated. So sorry. We all like it. Sorry, James Patterson and Robinson Wells. Yeah, well... Um, and then finally, I am currently reading The Institute by Stephen King mm. and Marvel Masterworks Volume 7, which includes Steve Englehart's run writing Just the Beast. The Beast. So we spoke to Steve Englehart a while back, and uh, Eric and Hillary actually interviewed Hi, Steve Englehart uh, for the previously unexpected podcast about, beast. about this beast thing. So yeah. I'm reading this, and then I'm looking forward to that interview dropping on that as well. Uh, that's, that's it for me. Are you going to watch... Uh, this is kind of connected because Stephen King has a son named Joe Hill who wrote a book called Nosferatu, yeah. which is now a TV show, right? which I just ordered for the library. Oh. Are you going to watch it? Probably not. Okay. That's the one with... Uh, I, I can't think of his name. Who plays Spock? Ah, yes. Killian Murphy. No. No. Quentin, Quentin Choir. Oh, you, whatever that's, his name that's is. something. Quentin. Boy, that's going to drive me Quentin crazy. Quentin something? I, no, I don't know. Zachary I'll Quinto. Zachary Quinto. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. You know what? Quentin Quire also, he is was Kid Omega in the X-Men. That, that'll do it. <laughs> Zachary Quinto, also hilarious in, in the uh, show So Notorious, starring Tori Spelling. Oh. So funny. Okay. Anyway. So, speaking of Tori Spelling, how's yeah. your 90210 podcast going? <laughs> Pretty good. We're seven episodes in, and yeah. it's a fun uh, <laughs> fun journey back to my youth. So that, that show's crazy in the first season. Uh, we're rewatching Beverly Hills 90210 over on a different podcast, so <laughs> you can keep an eye out for that. Uh, that's it for me, though. Let's let's turn to some book news. What do we got from the old New York Times? Mm, you know what? We've done this every week for a very long time, and yet this week I forgot to have it up. I throw it to you and you no, just... No, we'll have it in just a second. And you just don't know. Everybody, hold on. We're going to talk about... Uh, what are we going to talk about? Oh, uh, the same thing we talk about every episode. How to take Art over cover the world. fiction. No. Gosh. Oh, sorry. sorry, 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 sorry. That's the worst legacy Pinky in the Brain left us. That's People saying right. the same thing we do every night, Pinky, you're Pinky. Right. Every night, every time, everything is the same thing all the time. Don't ask the question what we're going to do because it's always this answer. Uh-huh. <sighs> sorry. That's right. My wife says that a lot. Take it away. Okay. Hardcover fiction... Top 10 for this week. Take us home. Here we go. Let's do it. Number 10, Imaginary Friend by Stephen Chabowski. After disappearing for six days, a boy emerges from the woods with a voice in his head that sends him on a mission. Oh, I know who you mean. Who wrote uh, Gwendy's Button Box with Stephen King, right? Oh, scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That does look familiar. Uh, Yes or no, Imaginary Friends are the only friends. No, that's too mean. I'm sorry. You wow, have, you have lots of real friends. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> One of them's even in this room. Oh, it's Halloween, please. <laughs> for those who can't, who don't know, I just yeah. mimed looking. He for was friends, looking around trying to find my. It friend. was me. Yep. 
Nick and I are friends. It was you the whole time. Just because we're co-hosts doesn't mean we can't be friends. That's true. We we work we work here. Yeah. Doing this podcast. Yeah. But then we go see Jane, Silent Bob get rebooted. Sometimes we tonight. do. Yeah. Sometimes so. we do. Don't don't tell the people where we're gonna be when okay. we're gonna be there. Well, they don't know where we're gonna yeah, be. That's true. Don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, speaking of number nine, Full Throttle by Joe Hill. A hey. collection of short stories, including two written by with Stephen King. Oh, I heard Throttle and In the Tall Grass. I've heard of him. Oh, I was uh, I was at a place and uh, the girl at the counter saw me reading the Institute and said they just read In the Tall Grass and I had no idea what they were talking about. I have to do a quick correction. Mm-hmm. It was not the guy who wrote Gwendy's Button Box. Oh, it was actually the guy who wrote the Perks of Being a Wallflower. Stephen Chbosky <laughs> wrote Perks of Being the Wallflower and wrote the number 10 bestseller here, Imaginary Friend. Yeah. It's Richard Chismar who, who okay. wrote Gwendy's Button Box. Full throttle. Number eight, uh, Kilka's Journey by Heather Morris, a 16-year-old who sleeps with a concentration camp commandment. Ugh. No, wait. Commandant? Oh, yeah. A 16-year-old who sleeps with a concentration camp commandant in order to survive is sentenced to a Siberian prison camp where she cares for the ill. Interesting. Dark. Yeah, it is dark. Number seven, Vince Flynn, Lethal Agent by Kylie Mills. Kyle Mills. Kylie Minogue oh. is an Australian pop singer. She is, yep. Can't get her out of my head. Yeah, I guess not. I'm not really into Australian pop from yeah. the 90s. But you watching something? No. Audio oh. keeps coming out of your... Oh, that's your foot. What? On the desk. Oh, down sorry. Down. Boy. Boy, you ever go see a movie with Nick and he gets uh. a little bored? Prepare yourself for the seat in front of you to be squeaked, to be kicked, to be pushed, sorry. to have shoes dragged along the bottom of it. I've got an active Nick mind. Nick does everything but get up and just start screaming in the aisles. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm bored. The gears are always turning. So I can't turn it off. I'm yeah. sorry. That's that's uh, also his review for James Bond Inspector. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's when I, I first learned that. about that. I'll give you yeah. that. James Bond Inspector was a rough watch. <laughs> That's how I first learned about Nick's nervous foot tendencies during yeah. boring films. Yep. Uh, all right. So Kyle Mills, Mexican cartels, ISIS, and a possible pandemic bring Mitch Rapp back into action. I'd be more excited if this was a Mexican cartels, ISIS, and a possible birdemic. Hmm. That would add a, an element of chaos. Yeah. yeah. Birds. Yeah. I get scared just putting bird seed out on my porch. I'm like, what if the birds get mad I don't have the right bird seed and they're huh. waiting for me to refill this and they just come at me? I think you'd be fine. High speed. You think so? I blue do. jays are pretty big. That's true. I get at least one blue jay. Yeah. So. Well, good. Number six, The Testament by Margaret Atwood. Number six. Flipping. I guess. <laughs> Uh, sequel to The Handmaiden's Tale. One secret brings three women together as the Republic of Gilead or Gilead's theocratic regime sign show signs of decay do you think sometimes i don't know like do, do you think i should feel obligated to read the handmaid's tale since it's such a phenomenon i have the job that i do yes do you really yeah is that true when you when you phrase it like that yes uh, <laughs> you should phrase it like that fine um number five bloody genius uh, I assume this is more like bloody, like violent, rather than like a British person being very upset. Oh, really? Somebody's see, genius. Like, he's a bloody genius. I he assumed is. the opposite. Oh, okay. Let's see what it's about. John Sanford. 12th book in the Virgil Flower series. Oh, I kind of like that series. A fight between a university departments turns deadly. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I think it's going to be more humorous depending on the departments. Which si- That's true. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if it's the art department. Yeah. And a little pretentious, maybe. Yeah. And maybe, like, marketing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what I just said was funny, Nick. I guess. Yeah. Number four the must Dutch be from House. the art department. I don't uh, get it. The I Dutch get it. House by Anne Patchett. 
Uh, a sibling relationship is impacted when the family goes from poverty to wealth and back again over the course oh, of many right. decades. Yeah, every time we get here, I think, oh, that's a rough, that's a rough turnaround. Yeah, the you're poor again. Yeah, back again. Yeah. It's rough when you're rich. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, and then you're poor. Yeah, and then you're yeah. rich again. If you're not switching you're back again. and forth, you never know what you're missing. That's true. You assume. Yeah, but you don't know. Yeah. Uh, number three, where the crawdads sing, Delia Owens, a woman survived alone in a marsh, and she becomes a murder suspect. My wife's reading that right now. Number two, The Institute by Stephen King. Yeah. Children with special talents are abducted and sequestered in the institution where the sinister staff seeks to extract their gifts through harsh methods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. Having read it and gotten to the character I think they're talking about here, yeah. I'm not sure it's Mr. Sinister anymore. You don't think it is? At one point, one of the kids goes like, yeah, it's not like this is the X-Men. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> so. Although maybe that's a key that they are in this world. Oh, that it is yeah. the X-Men. Yeah, I was watching Batwoman, uh-huh. the CW show, second right. episode. She name drops Wonder Woman, so that opened mm, a lot of doors. Yeah. So it could be the same kind of thing. Did she say something like, this is why Wonder Woman works alone? No, she didn't. <laughs> she didn't. It's did a classic she, from the George did, Clooney Batman. Did somebody else like, say they were going to leave, and she was like, you can't get to Themyscira, Themyscira on that tank of gas. No, Come nothing, into the garage. Nothing like that. And then like somebody gets on the phone with Batwoman and is like, ma'am, she took the car. Yeah. Which car? The other car. The Rolls. The other car. The Bentley. The other car. And this has been Batman Forever by <laughs> Nick and Eric. Uh, that'd be fun. Would you want to play Two-Face or the Riddler? You have uh, to play it like Tommy Lee Jones uh, and Jim Carrey. I think build-wise, I got to give you the Riddler. But, <laughs> but if I'm Thanks. being honest, I think I could bring it home. I have a frame of a mid-90s Jim Carrey, everybody. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. You, you don't think you'd have fun trying to play Tommy Lee Jones's? Joker, Two Face. I think it'd be easier. <laughs> I think it'd true. be easier for Wouldn't me. Wouldn't require you know? any any no. pathos whatsoever. No nuance or anything. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that was my Jim Carrey. That yeah, was pretty good. Riddler, yes. That was pretty good. Uh, outclassed in every way. <laughs> you want to watch Batman Forever again? I do a little bit. We just yeah, watched no, it. I know. You I know do. what? You know how I it know. left you. A we talked sad. about this. We talked about this in our uh, Batman rewatch episode just a yeah, few episodes true. back. I'm going to find the number while you tell us what else is Number on. one, The Water Dancer by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Mm-hmm. A young man who was gifted with mysterious power becomes part of a war between slaves and the enslaved. Oh. That was it. That was number one. Oh, okay. Ta-Nehisi Coates. All right. Are you ready to move on to our spotlight? Yeah, I thought you were going to okay. say something about Batman. I, will. I was trying to find It's episode 195, everybody. We talked about the Nebula Awards, and we talked about us going through uh, all of the Batman movies, which we saw in theaters. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're going to talk about the Stoker Award, so let's play that award music, buddy. Nick and I'm stoked for these awards. I, you said that already, but I liked it. Okay. I liked hearing it a second time. So, as I mentioned at the top of the st- uh, show, the, the Bram Stoker Awards uh, come out at StokerCon, which <laughs> happens usually in the late spring. This last one was May. The next one coming up is April 16th through 19th, 2020. That's in the UK. But that's where uh, each year the Horror Writers Association presents the Bram Stoker Awards for Superior Achievement named in honor of Bram Stoker, author of the seminal horror work Dracula. The Bram Stoker Awards were instituted immediately after the organization's incorporation in 1987. So let's see. Um, do you have this in front of you, Eric? Do you want to talk a little bit about our winner for YA? 
I've got the book right here in my yeah, hand. Yeah, you do. The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein by Kirsten White, uh, author of the Now I Rise series. I, I think, I'm not sure if that's what it's called. She also wrote Slayer, which was that Buffy the Vampire Slayer like reboot YA book. Okay. So, And I Darken. That's what the first book was called in her other trilogy. Did we feature this on a, on a Sexy New Book Club? No. Didn't we? Okay, it's, it's very familiar to me. Yeah. I, I guess maybe I've just seen the cover. Elizabeth Lavenza. Lavenza? hasn't had a proper meal in weeks. Her thin arms are covered with bruises from her caregiver, and she's on the verge of being thrown into the streets until she's brought to the home of Victor Frankenstein, an unsmiling, solitary boy who has everything except a friend. Victor is her escape from misery. Elizabeth does everything she can to make herself indispensable, and it works. She's taken in by the Frankenstein family and rewarded with a warm bed, delicious food, and dresses of the finest silk. Soon, she and Victor are inseparable, but her life... Her new life comes at a price. As the years pass, Elizabeth's survival depends on a man on... Oh, managing. I thought it was man-aging. Mm-hmm. Uh, on managing Victor's dangerous temper and indulging his every whim, no matter how depraved. Behind her blue eyes and sweet smile lies the calculating heart of a girl determined to stay alive, whatever the cost. As the world she knows is consumed by darkness. That sounds kind of interesting. You know what? Since you have it right here, read a little bit, read a little bit of the first chapter. I'm chapter curious. one. Here we go. Yeah. Part one. How can I live without thee? Mm. Lightning clawed across the sky, tracing veins through the clouds and marking the pulse of the universe itself. I sighed happily as rain slashed the carriage windows and thunder rumbled so loudly we could not even hear the wheels bump when the dirt lane met the cobblestone at the edge of Agulsalt. I should have just said, like, Vermont. Yeah. Uh, Justine trembled beside me, a little newborn rabbit, burying her face in my shoulder. Another bolt lit our carriage with bright white clarity before rendering us temporarily deaf with a clap of thunder so loud the windows threatened to loosen. I'm going to stop you right there. I need someone to read this book and tell me if Justine the rabbit lives or dies, because if that rabbit's going to die in some horrifying way, I can't. Victor Frankenstein gets at that rabbit, I'm assuming. That's kind of what I'm assuming, too. I assume the rabbit dies, but then it's brought back to life, uh, a la a Frankenweenie situation. Justine. Frank and Justine. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, first of all... Uh, Frank and Jess. I got to tell you, right <laughs> off the bat, I think that Justine is a fabulous name for a rabbit. So that makes me a little curious. <laughs> okay. I think you're really focusing on this rabbit. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, pet names it says a lot. Yeah. Uh, is this one that you would ever like read? Like how I call you... Uh, Cookie Monster. You know, here's another <laughs> here's another fascinating thing. You know, you set up these jokes, and most of the time I think, oh, he's got something. And then I see this, your eyes glass over, and this <laughs> yeah. look of sheer panic just yeah. creeps across your face, and I realize, no, he doesn't. Yeah. And then you just blurt something like Cookie Monster. <laughs> yeah. And I feel bad for it's you. It's a pet name. I, I feel bad you. for you. All right, a little so, Cookie Monster over here. Thank you. I actually do kind of like it. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, the winner for Superior Achievement in Young Adult Novels for the Stoker Awards. Uh, the Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein. You know why I can't find the Stoker Awards? I typed in StokerCon. I sent you the link there uh, for Kirsten White. Um, here are some of the other nominees uh, for books that came out last Have year. Have you, you read yeah. Bram Stoker's Dracula? I have it. Oh. I have a nice fancy copy that I always mm. need to read and I just never have. Okay. Have you? Yes. Okay. All right. Let me tell you some of the other nominees for Young Adult. Uh, Dread Nation by Justina Ireland, Sawkill Girls by Claire Legrand, Broken Lands by Jonathan Mayberry, The Night Weaver by Monique Schneiman. Are you familiar with any of these books? They don't sound familiar to me. Uh, Dread Nation, yes. Yeah? yeah? Okay. That's it. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about, let's see, I'll tell you uh, Superior Achievement in First Novel. Uh, so the nominees for, for this year were 
What Should Be Wild by Julia Fine. Mm. I Am the River by T.E. Grau. I Am the Night. Baby Teeth by Zoge Stage. The Morehouse by Tony Tremblay. And our winner, The Rust Maidens by Gwendolyn Kist. So let me tell you a little bit. I'm never picking up a book titled Baby Teeth in my life. It does It does sound <laughs> upsetting, doesn't it? Uh, I sent you that link there if you want to take a look at the graphic novel ones while I read this. Uh, the Rust Maidens. Something's happening to the girls on Denton Street. It's the summer of 1980 in Cleveland, Ohio, and Phoebe Shaw and her best friend Jacqueline have just graduated high school, only to confront an ugly, uncertain future. Well, you live in Cleveland, so... Oh! Just, just, a, just an arbitrary dig on Ohio for no reason. Uh, across the city, abandoned factories populate the skyline. Meanwhile, at the shore, one strong spark in the Cuyahoga River might catch fire. But none of that compares to what's happening in their own west side neighborhood. The girls, Phoebe and Jacqueline, have grown up... Uh, the girls, Phoebe and Jacqueline, have grown up with are changing. It starts with footprints of dark water on the sidewalk. Then, one by one, the girls' bodies wither away. Their fingernails turn into broken glass, and their bones exposed like corroded metal beneath their flesh. Yikes. No, thank you. Alternating between past and present, Phoebe struggles to unravel the mystery of the Rust Maidens and her own unwitting role in the transformation. Before she loses everything she's held dear, her home, her best friend, and even, perhaps, her own body. <laughs> Yowza. Right? Somebody please mail that to Nick at his P.O. box. <laughs> no, you do not do that. No, you do not do that. Anyway, that was that was our winner for Superior Achievement with First Novel. Do you want to talk about the graphic novel nominees? All right. Nominees for Superior Achievement in Graphic Novel is Abbott by Saladin Hamad. Oh, what is, what is, is he, he written? Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a familiar name. No, I've read something by him. Oh, okay, that's you click on it, it sends you nowhere. That's Sorry. annoying. All right. Well, I've read something by him. Okay. Uh, Moonshine by Brian Azzarello. Moonshine Volume 2. I've read lots of things by Brian Azzarello. Bone Parish by Colin Bunn. Monstrous. I've read things by Colin Bunn as well. Volume 3, Haven by Marjorie Liu. And the winner is Victor Lavelle's Destroyer by Victor Lavelle. Oh, that makes sense. I can tell you uh, I have read Saladin Ahmed's Black Bolt Volume 1. But he also writes Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Uh, he writes The New Exiles. Uh, he writes a lot for Marvel. Quicksilver, okay. lots of different things. So he was just a nominee. Oh. I'm sorry, I, I buried the lead. Who was the winner then? Victor Lavelle's Destroyer by Victor Lavelle. Oh. The legacy of Frankenstein's monster collides with the socio-political tension in the present-day United States. Ooh. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein yes. besieged his creator for love and companionship, but in 2017, the monster has long discarded notions of peace of, or inclusion. He's become the destroyer, his only goal to eliminate the scourge of humanity from the planet. In this goal, he initially finds willing partner in Dr. Baker, a descendant of the Frankenstein family who has lost her teenage son after the encounter with the police. While two scientists, Piercy and Byron, initially believe they brought to protect Dr. Baker from the monster, they soon realize that they have to protect the world from the monster and Dr. Baker's wrath. Wow. Good year for uh, the Frankenstein clan, right? Yeah, yeah. Finally, Mary Shelley and Frankenstein getting a little recognition yeah. in the Halloween season. Mm -hmm. Finally. Um, let me tell you, winner, this, this is the big one, everybody. Chicken dinner. So call your kids in here and have a seat because I'm going to tell you superior achievement in a novel. The nominees are The Hunger by Alma Katsu. Speaking of. Glimpse by Jonathan Mayberry. Mm. Oh, he was in the other he was in the other one as well. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, in YA. He also wrote Broken Lands. Yeah. Double nominee, double loser. That's sad. Well, you didn't have to phrase it that well. way. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Congratulations on your two nominations, sir. 
That's true. <laughs> you know what? That's a more Pollyanna approach, and I like that. Uh, uh, Glimpse by Jonathan Mayberry. Uh, two-time nominee. Uh, Unbury Carol by Josh Mallerman. So I haven't read Unbury Carol, but I did read Bird Box, and I thought it was very well written. Oh, uh, yeah. So kind of a goofy premise, but I still yeah. I enjoyed it. Haven't seen the movie. I was probably watching somebody on Twitch or playing or reading a comic book when my wife and her brother were watching Bird Box. Yeah. Had no interest. Oh, okay. Continues well, to this day. Really? lack of interest. It has not grown. Uh, I guess oh, my lack you know of interest has grown, but my lack, my interest right. hasn't grown. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean to be ragging on the, the nominees for this, but this next one's a little rough. Uh, Dracul by J.D. Barker and Dacre Stoker. Dacre Stoker. Who is, I believe, the maybe the great grandson? Why is this great rough? grand nephew of Bram Stoker? Because he's the great grand nephew of Bram Stoker. He was nominated for a Stoker Award and didn't win it. Oh, sure. I yeah. just mean, you know, yeah. His name's in the right. So yeah, but I actually, was nominated for the Eric's Award and you didn't get it. You know, there's an Eric dot com. I didn't. Yeah. What's it about? Eric's. Really? Yeah. Or at Just least it works. Here, I'll double check to see if Thank that's you. still going. Uh, I have heard about this, actually. This is So this is a Dracula book. Uh, this actually got decent reviews. This is one we have in our collection. Uh, I was a little curious about it myself, but uh, again, not the winner. The winner is The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. So I have not read that one because I tried to read... Uh, what is that one? I'm no. sorry, I'm on Eric.com. Okay. I tried to read a Paul Tremblay book a few head, years. Head full of ghosts. Head full of ghosts. Uh, my wife got it for me. He was like, oh, this sounds like it'd be spooky fun. Scared I, you poopless. It did. It really did. Scared me to death. So I never finished it. And now I feel like maybe I can handle it. Maybe I'll go back and read it again. Or maybe I'll just read the new one, uh, Cabin at the End of the World. Hmm. The Bram Stoker award-winning author of A Head Full of Ghosts. So this is a two-time win here for our for our buddy uh, Paul Tremblay. An inventive twist to the home invasion horror story in a heart-palpitating novel of psychological suspense that recalls Stephen King's Misery, Ugh. Ruth Wears in a Dark, Dark Wood, and Jack Ketchum's cult hit The Girl Next Door. Seven-year-old Wen and her parents, Eric and Andrew, are vacationing at a remote cabin on a quiet New Hampshire lake. Did you say Eric and Andrew? Yes. My brother's name is Andrew. Well, this Eric and Andrew are a couple. So I don't know oh. if you want to make that comparison. <laughs> Um, their closest neighbors are more than two miles in either direction along a rutted dirt road. One afternoon, as Wen catches grasshoppers in the front yard, a stranger unexpectedly appears in the driveway. Leonard is the largest man Wen has ever seen, but he is young, friendly, and he wins her over almost instantly. Leonard and Wen talk and play until Leonard abruptly apologizes and tells Wen, none of what's going to happen is your fault. That's when you get out. That's when you leave. Three more strangers then arrive at the cabin carrying an undefinable menacing objects as Wen sprints inside to warn her parents leonard calls out your dads won't want to let us in Wen, but they have to we need your help to save the world hmm. thus begins an unbearably tense gripping tale of paranoia sacrifice apocalypse and survival that escalates to a shattering conclusion one in which the fate of a loving family and quite possibly all of humanity are entwined the cabin at the end of the world is a masterpiece of terror and suspense from the yeah. fantastically fertile imaginations of paul Tremblay. Ugh. Hey, I made a necklace out of baby teeth. Ugh, no, no, I'm talking about baby teeth. Multiple copies of the book, baby oh, teeth. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a very heavy necklace. Please don't say baby teeth. <laughs> Please don't say it again. Hey, good news. Yes, Eric.com still up and running. It's a site dedicated to Eric's. Just Eric's. Yeah, that's great. I did you know Eric, a two-syllable boy's name of Germanic and Norse origin, means ever kingly, powerful ruler. Really? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those ironic nicknames. 
That was mean. Sorry. Uh, anyway, that is that's the winner of this year's twenty seventh most popular boys name. Wow. At least back when this site was first yeah, put cool. up. Yeah, cool. Not even unique then. That's Na- great. Uh, spell it. Sixty nine percent of us spell it E R I C, and that is the correct spelling. Sixty nine percent of people we interact with think you spell your name E R I K. Sure, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, the the Bram Stoker Awards. You can find the winners. Uh, there's other categories as well. You can find all the nominees, past winners, lifetime achievements award. A lot of interesting stuff uh, from the from the Bram Stoker Awards at thebramstokerawards.com. And we'll have that on Twitter, so you can take a look at that. Uh, the next batch of books and nominees are going to be announced uh, in April of 2020. So we'll probably mention them again then and talk about them around Halloween. So if you haven't read these or any of the books mentioned, let us know. We'll track you down a copy and you can read it. Report back to us. Mm-hmm. So there is a, there is an assignment involved in this. Yeah. Why are you holding that scary book, Eric? Uh, I'm holding A Head Full of Ghosts, a novel by Paul Tremblay. Okay. Uh, it says here, I stood still and stared at her. When she said I am possessed, I pictured a giant green hand closing over her hiding her from me forever no thanks <laughs> all right all right that's that's also a stoker winner though head full of ghosts really one, so one he's, stoker he's multiple, yeah he is two uh, times win two times nominee two times winner two times yeah. <laughs> yeah that that's that sounds good that's yeah. when you want to highlight yeah. the amount of nominations <laughs> yes. versus wins yeah. though they do that to meryl streep all the time that's true Meryl Streep nominated for 27 wins. Yeah, uh, Glenn Close has yeah. been nominated like a million times and has never right. won. Well, there was steep competition with 101 Dalmatians came out. That's true, yeah. So. And then don't even get me started about when 102 Dalmatians yeah. came out. She was yeah. robbed then. Uh, that's going to do it for the uh, Bram Stoker Awards. Let's talk. I think we're too casual about Cruella DeVille. She wants to skin puppies. Yeah. It's a good topic for Why Halloween. Why is Emma Stone playing her? Why is this character getting her own movie? I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. Really? It's just bizarre. It is bizarre. That, like, we slightly even romanticize Cruella DeVille in any way. Skin puppies. Yeah. And then we laugh about it. Yikes. No. Did you ever you. see the live-action 101 Dalmatians? Yeah, in theaters. Jeff Daniels? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I was never interested in seeing the second one. I didn't see the second one. I read the book when I was a kid. I kind of liked mm. the book. It's very different. As a kid... Seeing it, I was upset that the dogs didn't talk. I wrote a review for my local apartment complex's uh, newsletter. Really? I was upset that the dogs didn't talk and that they didn't seem to have to go through as many tribulations as they did in the animated film. Interesting. So I was very critical at a young age. I guess you were. Of remakes. Yeah, enterprising uh, enterprising (laughs) kid. So Uh, Let's talk library news. Some of the things we have up and coming. We have New York Ghosts. With Chris Johnson, which is going to be uh, right here in the exhibition room on the 16th of October. Right here. Right at the 16th. 7 o'clock. Right now. Following night on October 17th, we have Nate and Kate in concert. There's a fun duo. Yeah. Nate's a juggler. And so you don't you have ex- to with eight kids. You don't expect there to be <laughs> juggling, but yeah. then he juggles. Because I said Nate and Kate plus eight. Right. Was that what they were called? It was John and Kate plus eight. Oh, yeah. And that ended in a bitter public divorce. Bad, yeah, that was that was nasty. Nate and Kate still together. Uh, we also have our puppy play date and our winter coat drive happening on Cruella s- DeVille's. Oh my gosh! Wait, it's a puppy play date yeah. and a coat drive. Oh my gosh! Why are these so close together, right. Nick? That's true. That is spooky. Who's heading this up? Uh, <laughs> it is part of our great give back programming, which is a statewide initiative to do programming that gives back to the community. So hope you can join us for that. Listen, Cruella DeVille will be nowhere near this. The coats are a separate event. It's yeah, a separate thing. Totally different. Not a puppy thing. Finally, at the end of the month, we have the murder mystery down in the auditorium Ooh. called Write Me a Murder, written by Frederick Knott, author mm-hmm. of Dial in for Murder, Wait Until Dark, mm-hmm. both uh, both famous movies there. Yeah. Uh, 7 o'clock on Saturday the 26th, 2 o'clock matinee on Sunday mm. the 27th, sponsored by The Friends, so it's free of charge. Be there or be 
Scared. I like, that. I like that. Yep. All right. What about you? Anything you uh, want to mention? Teen Night is Wednesdays at 5.30 to 7.30. Uh, November 1st, we're showing The Lion King. Ooh. The live action. Oh. Also, uh, October 25th, I'm going to get my wisdom teeth out. Oh. All four of them. Oh, boy. So this is maybe the second to last oh boy. episode before while I have got all my mm-hmm. teeth in me. I got mine out the day before my 21st birthday, mm-hmm. and I listened to the original cast recording of Wicked many oh. times. I don't know what I'm going to do. While I was in bed. Maybe not that. Well, maybe give it a shot. Yeah. It worked for me. I asked the guy. I'm like, do, do these really have to come out? Because I'm, I'm 33 years old. Yeah. And he said, yeah, they do. He said, eventually, they're going to have to come out, and it's going to yeah. get worse as I get older. To be fair, he stands to gain substantially that's, by you taking that's them out. That's what I so thought, too. Maybe ask an impartial third party. I'm, I chose the gas and everything. You're going to go out. I was like, just... I want to be legally dead for however right long out. this phone goes yep. on for. Yep. So that's a good call. Speaking of baby teeth, I'm about to lose mine. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. My huh. wisdom teeth will never be what, anymore. What an mind. excellent and horrifying transition that was. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for connecting those two. Yeah. All right. What have uh, you met? You know. Yeah. What if the scare? What if the scary story baby teeth is about a person who's like in their mid 40s and they still have all their baby? I teeth? I knew someone like that. Really? It was a little creepy. Wow. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for the All the Book Show this week. We've got upcoming interviews with author J.M. DeMatteis, uh, author Mel Gilden coming down the pike. We're going to be talking to, with Sally Murphy about World War Z. Mm-hmm. Lots of good times ahead here hey, on the All the Book Show. I think I creeped myself out a little bit with that baby teeth thing. I think you did I too. I think I'm kind of like in a bad All place right. right now. I'm going to talk Eric down. We'll <laughs> see you next time.